With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The volume. The Colin Coward Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. It's never been easier to play fantasy on FanDuel. Whether you love basketball, golf, soccer, or any other fantasy sport, there's a contest for every fan. FanDuel, more ways to win. Hi, everybody. It's Colin Coward, and welcome to The Volume. This is our first official podcast. So let me lay it out. Ten months ago, we have a pandemic. I come home at noon. There's no games. There's nothing to do. Couldn't go to restaurants in California. Couldn't do anything. And so I just thought to myself, my radio show was sold out, and I thought, I need a new project. I'm off at noon. I don't want to be one of these people that play tennis all the time. And so I put this thing together. It took nine and a half months. And it's been the hardest thing I've ever done. It is the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Uh, When Bloomberg came out, I'm doing this on Sunday with that article. uh, You know, I got emotional. It was my wife said it's like it's like having a kid like nine months ago. It starts with a Zoom meeting. And you've gone the past nine months not sleeping much, up every hour. But I think what I love about it and what I'm so fired up about is that we're going to do this our way. I think sometimes in life, there are these moments and there's these little bursts and you got to take advantage of them. And the pandemic actually started all this. It was a sense of, okay, is this going to be my life? I do three hours. It's easy. I'm home at noon. I I, I don't go to bed until 10. There's got to be another creative outlet where I can say what I want to say, do what I want to do, talk about what I want to talk about without worrying about, oh, do I have this this time restraint? Do 
uh oh, I've got to get out at this time for this break. Um, oh, I've got to talk about this subject. I don't want to do that in the second half of my day. I want to take shots. I want to talk about stuff I want to talk about. It'll overwhelmingly be sports, but it'll be interviews with interesting people on interesting subjects. This has been the hardest nine months of my life. A lot of anxiety, a lot of negotiating, but I think I have an incredible sales force, an amazing corporate sponsor and fan duel and the team we put together. I, 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 I pinch myself. It's just unbelievable the quality of people we have on this. Editors on down, everybody. The quality is shocking. I've told that to the people that I talk to on a daily basis and communicate with. Do we understand how lucky, I understand how lucky I am to be working with the people I'm working with. And this is day one, and it's going to be an incredible ride, and I hope you're part of it. So with that, I'm excited to welcome in as the inaugural guest in my new podcast network, The Volume, Maverick Carter, a guy I've known for a while and a guy I love. CEO of Spring Hill Company, one of the most successful businessmen in sports and entertainment. His life story is amazing. He's crushed in the digital space with Uninterrupted, crushing in television, the shop, the wall. Space Jam 2 is coming out. There are those who speculate he will be running for political office. So the only question, Maverick, is is the volume going to make it? <laughs> <laughs> I believe the volume is absolutely going to make it. Thank you for having me as your first guest. That's unbelievable. I can't believe I'm the inaugural guest out of all the big names. I watch your show every day. All the big names who come on, you talk to. I don't know how the hell you picked me as your first guest. But being that you picked me as your first guest, it's clear that the volume is making very smart decisions. So I believe <laughs> it's going to make it. So let's go and talk about the meeting we had in the kitchen. So you called me up. You said you were going to be in the neighborhood. I said, okay, come on over. I'll make you lunch. Now, was that in June or July about? Well, first off, you said, come on over. I'll, I'll make you lunch. I didn't know you'd really make me lunch. For those the, the audience out there, Colin does three hours a day on TV, all his other stuff. But he also can cook very well. You made me a nice salmon, spinach, and mushrooms. It was delicious. I was on a bike ride. Yes. I ride my bike to your neighborhood. That was in July, I think. Yeah. And so I, I, I had laid out my vision to you. And I sat there and basically peppered you for about an hour and a half with questions. And, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting for our audience is after I talked to you, I talked to several friends and I said, you know, he, Maverick gave me a lot of clarity on this. When you go back, obviously you play high school basketball with LeBron, you know, LeBron, all that stuff. What was your kitchen moment? You, you had been a corporate guy. You'd been at Nike. And then you, what, what was your kitchen moment when you decided, listen, I'm successful. I never thought I'd work at Nike. I'm doing well. I want to run my own thing. That's a great question. And it's funny you say that because yours, we were in your kitchen and you were talking me through it. And I, you know, listening to you, it really got my juices flowing because I love to hear entrepreneurs and, and people that are going to go for it, that are going to take a swing. And mine literally was also in the kitchen. It happened in my mother's kitchen. I was working at Nike, but I went back to Cleveland for the summer because I lived in Oregon. So I was back in Cle Cleveland. 
Uh, and LeBron came over. He says, I want to call me up. He says, you in town? I said, yeah. He says, I want to come meet you. I said, well, I'm going to see my mom. I'm going to have lunch. Come over there about 3.30. We'll be done for lunch. And we sat in the kitchen. And he started talking to me about what he believed he could become as a player. And he wanted what he did off the floor to match that. And he thought the agent he had at the time was not going to be able to help him achieve that. And he thought that I had groomed myself and the education I got at Nike, I was the one to help him. And at that moment, to your point, backing up before that, working at Nike was like a dream to me. I got to be at what I consider the greatest brand in the world. I was in your home part of the country, the great Northwest, yeah. which I had I learned to love. Um, I went to Nike every day. For those in the, who have never been to Nike, I call Nike Disney World for athletes. When you go to Nike's campus, there's an indoor track, an outdoor track, there's football fields, baseball fields, there, and there's people all playing sports. You go to lunch, there's three basketball games going on, and I loved it, and I got to make money doing that and working around athletes. I felt like that's where I wanted to be the rest of my life. But when LeBron said that to me, I was like, I, I got to go for this. I got to give this a shot. And when I look at the risk versus the reward, I got to take this chance because I believe I'm skilled enough to always, if I fuck this up or screw this up, excuse me, I can always go back and get another job. By the way, you can drop F-bombs. That's the great thing about this. That's right. We're not on Fox. That's right. I can drop it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started this just so I could drop F-bombs. That was the whole reason. <laughs> exactly. But it's interesting because I grew up um, a dad, an optometrist, mom in the school system. Tell people where you grew up. You had a very important grandma, if I recall, who gave you great advice. Give people a little of your background. This was not your classic American Wharton Penn parents had done this. One of the reasons I think I'm attracted to you is because you're curious. You have that chip on your shoulder. But I think both you and I, we talked about this when we had lunch. It's so much more satisfying when you've got to do it on your own. It really is. Like, it I, really is. You know, Maverick, if you were a trust fund kid, you wouldn't know what you wouldn't know. But there's a sense of confidence you have built because you keep succeeding on these projects. I mean, it has to be fulfilling. But let's go back to your family. Give me somebody that was of seminal importance, your grandma, for instance. My, my upbringing, I was raised by my mom, my dad. They separated when I was about five, but my dad's always been in my life today. He's one of my best friends. My mom was a social worker, worked 28 years for the county that we grew up in. And my dad was born with a defect in his heart, a hole in his heart, and dropped out of school in the eighth grade. Never worked a job because physical labor, no one would hire him because he, he had open heart surgery twice before he was 20 years old. The third time when he was 54 and he wasn't educated, but, but my dad's an ambitious guy who figures everything out and he wasn't going to let that stop him. So he resorted to street life and ended up in the streets, ended up selling drugs, went away to federal penitentiary when I was eight. And, uh, but my mom always and my dad were opposites. My mom is a steady, you know, went to work, took her seven years, but graduated college. My dad is ambitious, not waiting around, gonna figure it out. If it, it means taking a chance to go to jail, he will. And his mom raised all, him and his brothers, there were seven of them. She had seven kids in nine years. So therefore I had a lot of first cousins the same age. And my mom and my aunts, my uncles, they would all drop their kids 
at my grandmother's. I was the youngest because my dad's the youngest. And my grandmother's house is what we call in our neighborhood an after hours. So on Friday and Saturday night, when the bars closed, you could still go to Miss Carter's and get a drink. And she ran in her basement. It started about Friday at six o'clock. She had a craps table, a poker table, and a pity pat table. And she cut the game. She was the house. She took a rake and, and, and she really taught me, A, she taught me curiosity. She taught me all my communication skills, how to communicate. You go down in her basement column on a Friday night, there'd be the mailman, the milkman, uh, a pimp, uh, a drug. There was everybody from the neighborhood came because gambling is one of those things. As you, It brings all walks of life together. And she had to communicate with all of them. She sold them liquor. She gave them food for free. As she told me, if the players get hungry, you never want them to have to leave to get food because you want to keep them there playing. And, and she took a rake on the game and she really taught me how to communicate and she taught me how to take a chance. And, and her famous line was, if you got a hunch, you bet a bunch. And, and that's how I felt about business. I, ha- I obviously had a big hunch. I had LeBron James standing there in front of me going, help me figure this out. I knew he was committed to being a great player. I knew how smart he was. So I had a hunch. So my big bet was leave Nike and take this chance. And I decided to do it based on everything that my grandmother had taught me growing up. And that was my first job, was, was sweeping up. Players would be done playing at about six in the morning, sometimes five. She'd wake me up. I'd always fall asleep. She'd give me the broom, dustpan. I'd go around sweeping up the cigarette butts. And the good news is every now and again, I'd find five or ten bucks laying on the floor. <laughs> and that was the best part of the job. That was the best part of the job. And if I and when, and if I if, while I was down there, if I see someone drop money, I'd say, "Don't worry about it. The sweeper will get it later. Just leave." <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. When I look at your life, I, I've I've you're one of a half dozen people I've asked about this project, and they all said, "Colin, you come from a non-traditional family. That will be an advantage. You'll be able to pivot very easily. You're not a rigid personality." When I hear you, I think, oh, that's your advantage too. You pivot quickly because your life wasn't. Go to college. Grandfather had done it. Take me to one of your companies that you had to make a major pivot and maybe people around you struggled. Like, fellas, trust me on this. Because as you know, business, Amazon started selling, what, books? Netflix was selling DVDs. You never end up being the company that starts. Give me an example for our audience and just for me on a pivot you've had to make in the last 10 years. Yeah. When I was, um, as you know, I left Nike. I went back to Cleveland, partnered with LeBron, was going to build this big sports management company. And then in 2011, uh, sold half of that company to Fenway Sports Group, who have been fantastic partners um, since then. And Tom Warner, their chairman, sits on our board, the Spring Hill Company now. Went to LeBron decides to go to Miami, which is a big change. Went there, and then in 2012, I said to LeBron, you know, I think we have an opportunity to really um, take our life and what we've been through and put it into a content, a show. So we we took this show out, we sold the show, not the way the TV business works. Right. We got very lucky. Uh, Chris Albrecht, who was running stars at the time at breakfast, says, I'm in for this. We made this show for four seasons. And then I was talking to a couple other people, really feeling my way around because I felt like in 2014, we should go hard at the content space because there was no one 
like us, meaning like LeBron and I that come from the place that we do, that had the, that wanted to tell these authentic stories in a way that truly empowered athletes, creators, talent to tell their story. And um, LeBron decides to go back to Cleveland. And I said, I ain't going back to Cleveland this time. I'm going to LA to build uh, what is now the Spring Hill Company. And, I, and at first it was just going to be, I want to do scripted TV. And along the way, a big pivot was, I said, we should launch what became what is uninterrupted, which is everybody in Hollywood is focused on writers, uh, actors, directors, which we do a lot of that too. But no one had built a place that was truly allowing athletes to tell their story. Right. No one had truly built that place and not in a way that in any way got in front of journalism or was journalism. We never wanted to be journalism or anything of the sort. We just wanted to build a place where athletes like writers could walk in and go, hey, I have this idea, that. And we go, those three aren't good, but that one, let's develop it together. And at first we got criticism and people thought we were a little crazy, but I was like, this is the future of empowerment. This is the future of storytelling. And now as we sit here today with, you know, streamers out, out of that wazoo and podcasts, it, we have become uninterrupted, has become the place to truly tell the more than an athlete's story. The next time you're watching basketball, I've got the perfect way for you to get in on the action for free. I'm talking about NBA InPlay. It's absolutely free to play on the FanDuel app and features all the fun of live betting. NBA InPlay turns every quarter of every game into a free contest where you can win real cash prizes. So while you're watching the game, all you have to do is predict the outcome of plays and game props before they happen to claim your share of the prize pool. Best of all, a new contest starts every quarter of every game, giving you even more ways to win. FanDuel is the exclusive home for NBA in-play, so the action is always available right at your fingertips on the FanDuel app. The app is so easy to use, and it takes less than two minutes to sign up. And it doesn't matter where you live or where you're traveling to because NBA InPlay is available in every state. Don't miss your shot. Get in the game and download the FanDuel app to start playing NBA InPlay today. Uh, Maverick Carter joining us. You know, it's interesting. People of um, young broadcasters time to time, you know, I'll speak to a class or something. They always ask for um, advice. And I always say, well, I, I don't want to give advice because my life is different than yours. And I could send you off the interstate to an off-ramp and get you lost. I'll give you an opinion. Have thick skin. Michael Jordan gets criticized. LeBron gets criticized. Brady, to this day, is a system quarterback. <laughs> and it's like, how early in your life it affected me as a broadcaster. Now I think it's funny. Maybe it's the success, the money, uh, confidence. Now I think criticism is kind of funny. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. But was there a time early, the decision? When it, it didn't wreck you, but but just as you're building this empire and there's critics at every turn. I mean, we're there. Have you evolved in a sense of you're a little bit like an athlete now? You actually were a pretty good athlete. But in that, hey, man, even if you hit home runs, there's naysayers and critics. Did it bother you early? Yeah, it did, Colin. It really it bothered me. At first, it bothered me. And I, you know, because it's a little bit, criticism is a, a bit like fear. We all have fear. I'm sure joint launching the volume, you have this sense of fear. Yeah. And people don't always understand that because they go, well, you're calling, you've got a show, you're rich. You're, but, but it isn't about when you're ambitious like you are, like I am, 
it's the fear of not a failure of like, no matter how much money you have or what you succeed, every day you got to wake up and prove yourself. Again, as I always say, if you look at, if you look at life, the way it works, and my career has definitely been like this, that every success, all I always tell my team, all success does is it gives you an opportunity to succeed on a bigger platform. So you succeed in high school. Well, now let's see what you can do in the SEC. Oh, you were great in the SEC. Well, can you do it in the NFL? So every at every level of success, Brady, you won six Super Bowls, but nobody gives a shit. You're on TV tomorrow. Can he win seven? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's just the way life is. It's just that Belichick's won everything, but can he win without Brady? So in life, it's not about how much money you have. It's, it's this fear of like, I have to accomplish something. And, you, and what I realized was through that is that I'm actually addicted to accomplishment. I'm not addicted to money. I'm not addicted to anything. I'm addicted to accomplishing things, to seeing things get checked off. Like I want to complete this. Oh, I checked the box. I'm addicted to checking the box. So am I. So, so you get, so, so, so the criticism starts to, if you let it get too heavy, it, it starts to feel like something in the way of me checking my box. And it used to, it used to get me like I used to be a bit afraid of it until I learned how to put it behind me. And instead of it being a wall, it actually became rocket fuel and, and really pushed me. And I think to your point, the pinnacle, obviously, most people know for me was a decision. And most it was like, I mean, I thought I was over. I, it wasn't even about how I felt personally. I felt, A, that I really ruined something for my best friend and my business partner. And B, holy shit, I'm not, this is going to derail me from checking a lot of boxes that I planned on checking in my life of accomplishing things. So yeah, it used to, it used to be really stand in my way. And now I've learned to put it behind me and kind of let it be my fuel that pushes. You know, we always talk Maverick about, um, you know, I'm a big believer. Adapting is free. Most great things you got to pay for. It's free to adapt. And what adapting does, if you're an old football coach like Andy Reid and you adapt, it makes you younger. And if you're younger like my son and you're into tech, he's 14, it makes him feel older. So adapting in life lets you be the age you really want to be. It's, <laughs> right? It's crazy. Yeah. And, yeah. and we talk about that all the time. But then I think to myself, people thought the Wildcat was going to be big in the NFL. And in the end, in the end, you just need a guy who can make throws down the field to win games. <laughs> is there a danger, Maverick, in always looking to evolve and adapt and then moving away from core principles? Have you thought about that? That always work, yeah. timeless principles. 100%. You, you have to be open to your point. You have to be open to evolution and adapting, and you can't get stuck and rigid in your ways or in your spot. But you do have to, you know, to your point, Andy Reid, it seems like he had that. I mean, he, Belichick is obviously, I think, the greatest coach I've ever seen. But Andy Reid is, I mean, he, it almost seems like he adapts and evolves week to week. I can I mean, remember, watch the teams. I, I remember watching the Eagles. I was at the other place about 12 years ago. And I remember going on the air saying, Andy Reid's the first coach I've ever seen. Third and three is a passing down. And I remember that. I also remember watching Belichick and saying, 
Belichick took the middle of the field back. Nobody threw to tight ends unless you had like Kellen Winslow. And then Belichick said, no, 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 no. We're going to dominate the middle of the field. We don't really care about the perimeter. And it, it, it took about three years for the league to figure it out. But my point on Andy Reid is, like I always go back to the, the one certainty is work ethic. We can keep adapting and evolving. You don't put the time in, none of it matters. If I don't do two and a half hours of prep, it's a shitty show. Like that's yep. the thing I always stay to. Like I have a core belief. I get up early. Uh, I, I'm a moderate dr- drinker. I don't smoke. Um, I exercise daily, but it's always work. And when young people come up, what I'm like, dude, just put the time in. Don't just mail it in. Just work. Just go to work. What's your average and day? I, What's the work like in your average day? My day is, and your, to your point, I'm always adapting and evolving. But the thing I is in my core, I stay true to, are two things: is curiosity and communication. So um, through all the ups and downs of our company, we got very, you know, lucky. Last uh, in March, I closed the deal to raise 120 million dollars in my company. Um, and it was a lot of ups and downs. I went all over the world meeting with investors. And the main thing is that ability to communicate and to, and, and in order to communicate, see what people, it's funny when people watch your show, you talk on the air hours a day, you know, obviously you have guests and joy is in and out with you, but to sit there for hours a day and frankly, talk to yourself. I always say, Colin's got to be a little, <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, but, but what people don't know is you're a very intent listener. Even your facial expression changes. So I say all that the, the key to communication is actually listening. And I notice what most people do. Uh, I say this to Sienna, my girlfriend all the time. I try and help her be a better listener. I say, Sienna, I can see when people are talking to you, you're not actually listening to them. You're actually contemplating your response. So you're not even hearing what they're saying. So I stick to truly communicating with people, my team, the people I work with, and then I'm extremely curious. So my day is always get up. I exercise daily. I do something. Yesterday, I took a bike ride. Today, I did uh, yoga, play a little pickleball. Um, I always do something to move and get the blood flowing every morning. Then I get up, I look at my, I'm religious about looking at my calendar nonstop. Uh, Alexa, who works with me, knows I look at my calendar. I'm assessing my calendar because of what you said. I want to be efficient. I want to use my time wisely. And I have a family. I, so I want to be, a, I'm, a, I'm a social guy. And I get a lot out of being social, meaning I learn a lot out of being social. I get business ideas out of being social. I get television show ideas out of being social. So I always try and find a part of the day be social with Sienna or friends or someone. And then I'm, I'm in the bed pretty early and back up and do it all over again. But to your point, I stick my core principles of communication and curiosity. It's interesting. I thought, um, I thought maybe LeBron, well, I don't think maybe. I thought LeBron's greatest moment was the bubble. The bubble was very difficult for married NBA players with kids. If you were young, Hell, it was like the greatest AU tournament of all time. You went to great hotels. You got swag. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely LeBron won the, he was on the breaking point a couple of times. And so I think what separates LeBron, I, I, I've said this before, there's a lot of great players physically. LeBron is a rock emotionally. And during the bubble, I saw a lot of married players and a lot of older players erode. 
Um, they acknowledged, they struggled with it. And yet the Lakers went into the bubble, weren't right for about eight games <laughs> at all. And then something clicked. And without, I don't want to get into LeBron's space or his privacy, but was there a moment or an epiphany? Because from about game 10 on, they disposed of people. I mean, they beat people that were red hot, like Denver. Five games, five games, five games. I think we're forgetting. They, Denver was hot. Miami was hot. Portland was hot. Houston was hot. These were five-game series. Okay, these weren't, like, the, the Warriors dynasty was going six and seven. These were five-gamers. Yeah. There had to be a moment in the bubble where, because I thought the Lakers were starting to come apart a little bit. Could you take me to that moment? Because it, it, yeah. something happened. I don't know the exact moment. I know he had a couple different points where he was a little bit like, man, because to your point, you know, LeBron's 35. He's accomplished a lot. Got three kids he's missing growing up. His wife, his normal life. He's got a great life. And he, now he's stuck in Orlando, <laughs> you know, in a, in a hotel. Just and, and there were a couple moments. That I talked to him, I know I'm sure his wife could spoke to her many more times, but he was a little bit like, I mean, how about this, Colin? He's still today, I've, it's 91 days. He still says, you spend 91 days in Orlando. <laughs> he, know, he knows the exact amount of nights he was there. So I think, I think the moment post uh, the Milwaukee and Orlando uh, game when they set out, post that moment, I think it clicked to him this is, I just, I'm here. Everything else, stop the complaining, all of it. Post that game for him to me. Because that game, the whole season was on the brink. Yes, it was. That. The, the whole thing, the Lakers were like, maybe we should be done. The Clippers were, there's a lot of talk. And I think past that moment, he just went, you know what? I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm playing. It's over. No, I, I didn't hear him complain one more day after that. It looked like it. I think it translated to great battle. Yeah. Yeah, and he has an ability. LeBron has two things. I mean, amongst a lot of things, but two things to me. Out of all the great people I've met and great minds, I've met a, I've met some of the. I've been fortunate in my life uh, for a lot of things. But one of my favorite things is the, the diverse and smart people I've met. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And LeBron, two things that he can do that are like otherworldly. He can learn and apply faster than anyone I've ever seen. I always tell people, I'm a fast learner. I can learn toe-to-toe -to -toe with LeBron. If you sat down, Colin, with LeBron and I and taught us something about broadcasting or this, I could learn it and retain it as fast as he can. I can't apply it. You could teach him something about broadcasting on Monday night, and on Tuesday he could sit in for you, and he just do it. It's just like... I need reps. I need practice. I need to rehearse it. I need, and then I, I, I got it, but give me, he can, he, I always tell people, he can watch a film of himself, do something wrong in a moment. And then without ever practicing, be on the court in that same moment, the next time and, and auto-correct it. I'm like, that makes no sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense. And then the second thing is he is the greatest level of discipline I've ever seen. I mean, he can just, you know, one summer he was like, Forgot what the hell the thing, paleo diet. He's like, I'm going on a paleo diet. And he lost, I don't know, 20 pounds, 25. I remember pounds. that he came and, back and thin. And he just he came back thin. 
whether it was good or not is not my point. I thought he needed to be heavy, but whatever. But just one summer, he just like, no more carbs, no more this, no more that. Only drink this kind of tequila. And that was it. And I was like, yeah, I could say that. And I maybe could make it about eight days. This guy did it for like 75 days. I, I mean, we were on a boat for a week where the, in Italy eating amazing food. And he's like, didn't, didn't touch the pasta, didn't touch the bread. I'm like, are you crazy? But his discipline and his ability to learn and apply. And I think in the bubble, that discipline of his showed up uh, at a very high level. Yeah. It, he is so functional as a person. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think about all the businesses, my network, um, we were able to get FanDuel as a partner. And Congrats. Yeah. And they've been, um, it's a great contract and we're going to deliver for them. What do you make of the sports gaming industry that is completely exploding? Um, there's brick and mortars. There's your MGMs. You know, there's your Caesars. Uh, there's your fan duels. What do you make of it? Where does it go? It's rolling out state to state. I just saw Michigan now. Um, what do you make of it? Do you worry about it? Do, does it concern you? Are we, are we getting ahead of ourselves? What do you make of it? I, it does not worry me at all. I think, you know, you're never too late, but I think we should have had this. It should have been open in the country a long time ago. It was in Europe. It's been open. And like in, I'm gonna say, I watch, I watch EPL. It's been open in EPL forever. Yeah, it's been, you can bet it in the stadium. You can bet that you, you can, can bet, bet it in the stadium. stadium. Yes, I think it drives fan interest. It drives engagement. I also think um, it's fun. You can gamify it even more. I think, and I do not think it's bad. I don't even see where any harm of it can come. The players. You know, in the sports that are the most bet on, NFL, basketball, the players make too much money for you to, like, any, there's no bribing. This isn't 1955 anymore, you know. You're not bribing a guy making $50 million to play. So, and, and then when you look at, you know, states are regulating it still. Regulation is fine. They shouldn't overregulate it. But when you look at the world now, you know, you know, 12-year-old, uh, a friend of mine was telling me just the other day, his 12-year-old his son-in-law was telling him how one of his friends made 100 bucks trading stocks on Robinhood. So what the hell are we talking about? Let people bet sports. I mean, what are we, I mean, you know, you can download E-Trade on your phone or Robinhood and be trading stocks tonight. So, so, what, so I think sports betting is great. I love the, the investment that's going in it. I think for you and I, we're in the sports and entertainment world. It drives more investment. More people who couldn't invest in sports and entertainment are coming in from brick and mortars like MGM, from FanDuel sponsoring your thing. We do, we've done business with DraftKings. So I think it's good for the sports and entertainment world. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's another visceral connection. It makes people love sports more. You stick around for games longer. There's TV rating uh, data, which indicates people <laughs> stick around a bad game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You got more people. You know, my buddy, I call him up sometimes. I'm like, do you see that play? It'd be like the LSU Alabama game on. He's like, no, I'm watching Tulsa and you know and Houston play. I'm like, oh yeah, you must get a lot of action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I've had buddies, I've had buddies say it's a Tuesday night and they're watching the Memphis Grizzlies. And I'm like, 
you want to go out? And they're like, I went, give me 15 minutes. And I'm like, it's a, four, it's a 28 point blowout. And they're like, dude, I got blank, blank, blank on it. And I'm like, oh, it's the new reality. It's the new so, reality. Is there, um, we know who the stars are in sports, but it's, okay, you're a guy that is always looking for talent. You're looking for production talent. You're looking for executive talent. Is there an athlete out there right now that you think he's undervalued? He's, he's better. I thought that about Damian Lillard about five years ago. Now the market's caught up. It's corrected. About five years ago, because we both spent so much time in Portland, I thought, do people understand? Nobody's watching these Blazer games at night. Does everybody get? He may be the best closer in the NBA for his size in the history of the league. There are arguments to be made. He's better than Steph because he's a better athlete. Um, is there an undervalued NBA player, an undervalued athlete you look at and think he's going to be worth 150, 250 million here soon? I think um, that's a great question. I think I always look at it from two from two angles too. Is like undervalued as to your point as a player, and are we not seeing what they can become after playing or kind of do it like like. Like if you, we really did, we had no idea. You definitely didn't. I definitely didn't. Nobody knew Romo would be this valuable to sports broadcasting. It was, was there any way to know he'd be the, I, he, I think he's the best in the business calling games. Was there any way to know he'd be? The no, best? I said before, I think he'll be like a broadcaster. Like he was as a quarterback. He'll be good. He'll be good. He's a good quarterback. I always defend him. He'll be a good broadcaster, but I, I think he brings an energy. I think he's made Jim Nance have to be, you know, Jim it can do this in his sleep. But he has added, he keeps Jim on his toes because, I mean, let's be honest about this. Romo will say anything at any time about anybody. And he forces Jim Nance, who's older, to be on his toes. And I think, so Romo's made the not just himself, but the entire broadcast better. I think that's a great one. You know, when Ro Tony Romo plays like six hours a day of golf, he is a classic. Um, he is kind of your classic. He's good at everything he does. He's a good golfer. He's good at everything. He's good at everything. And, and that tells me he's highly intelligent. He's highly functional. Romo's, let me, let me think of another one. Romo's very good. I'll, I'll tell you, guy, and this is going to sound ridiculous. I think Mookie Betts is actually undervalued because we've given up on baseball players as marketing agents. The look, the sound. He literally plays baseball, Maverick, like Joe Morgan. He's like playing in the 70s and early 80s. He can feel. He can run. He can hit. He's situational. He's good looking. Everything. And, and it's funny. You say, oh, he makes $250 million. I think he is the athlete in America. I think he is the greatest, most fascinating baseball player. Mike Trout and him are the best players. I think he's more fascinating than Mike Trout. Well, tr well, Trout's kind of boring, right? He is. Boring. I mean, I don't follow baseball. He's boring. He's not right? boring. Mookie is juice. He's a walk. He's walk. Mookie's juice. Mookie could be one. You're right. And it kind of came out this year a bit, right? It did. My company, we had a meeting with Mookie Betts last week, our athlete relations team. I unfortunately missed it, but they loved it. They were like, oh my gosh, my, my guy, Jimmy Spencer, who runs athlete relations, came to me and was like, Mookie Betts is the type of guy we should be working with. We could do, we could create shows with him. This. They loved him, so you may be right. But he could do everything on the field, and there's nothing he can't do. He's good looking. He's got everything. Yeah. Uh, Maverick Carter is joining us. He's at an undisclosed location south <laughs> of where I'm currently at. So I'm going to wrap this up as our, our, our inaugural guest.
on the volume. Um, how old are you now? I'm 39. I just turned 39 in October. God, that's so discouraging for me. I'm in my <laughs> I'm in my mid 50s. Is there a finish line? You know, it's funny watching LeBron. There's no finish line. <clears throat> I don't see it. He's it's like weird. like Brady. There's no finish line. Is there... I think him and Brady. You know, him and Brady are really close. Oh, they are. Um, yeah, I asked him. I'm like, you and Brady, are you guys like seeing who will quit first? You guys are just gonna keep going until someone quits first. But yeah, they're really. I'm. I'm. I know Tom pretty well, but LeBron and Tom are pretty tight. All right, so let me let me make that the last question. Let's go football. Um, I made this argument. Brady's an underrated athlete. So Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers didn't get drafted by a major league baseball team. Brady did. Aaron Rodgers did not get offered at Michigan. Brady did. Aaron Rodgers went to a junior college. Aaron Rodgers has been hurt multiple times. Brady's body is more professional athlete body. 6'4", 230, never gets hurt. Is that it's funny, about once every two years, Brady will get really sensitive if somebody makes fun of his athletic ability and he'll snap. He'll be like, I'm not that bad of an athlete. Like when you when you talk to Tom, not only what drives him, but are you ever kind of surprised? Because I don't sense a chip on LeBron's shoulder. I just think he he sees the world as opportunity. I've never sensed a chip on LeBron's shoulder, although we all have it. Brady, I still sense it. When you're with Brady, do you sense it? Yeah, for sure. I met uh, Tom playing cards with him a long time ago. And uh, it must have been about, I don't know, 15 years ago, a long time. And yeah, you knew right away he has a chip on his shoulder. and But he does it with a smile. Which is which is interesting because people who have chip on their shoulder can sometimes come off a little prickly and a little, you know, a little mean and a little like, which is good when you're playing sports. But Brady always does it with a smile and he always does it while being the best teammate. Even if he has to get on his teammates, he's still a great teammate. And um, that chip, I think, comes from, to your point, you know, up until, to your point, he got drafted by a baseball team. He went to Michigan through high school. I mean, Tom, that's one of the, those, those are two of the greatest accomplishments you can have. But then he got drafted six. I still, in the sixth round, I still think he feels like, obviously now, that was total BS. He had no business getting drafted that late. And when you watch him play and this, this how long he's playing is definitely, you can sense it's about proving his point over and over and just we it's almost like we get the point and he's like no he's going to keep just drilling it down that he is this good that he's a great athlete and I definitely sense that chip for sure and it's driving him now you know it's interesting I was thinking about Maverick before I let you go my sister and I have these conversations I said you know Marlene's her name I said you know we come from small towns we didn't have much I said but I in a weird way I feel like our parents were like uniquely normal right? I listened to your family story. And for somebody like me, I listen to it and I think, okay, you're really close with your mom. You're really close with your dad. You're really close with your grandma. And in a unique way, your background is ideal. Now, people will say, oh, your dad was incarcerated. 
but you had real relationships. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about people it that. like deep, real. That's why you're so great at relationships. Everybody likes Maverick. You're great at him. You think of the think of the relationships you had. That's right. I never thought about it that way. I had very close with my mom, my dad, and both of my grandmothers actually. And though it was like you know, my dad was incarcerated. My grandmother ran this you know, after hours, basically illegal business and ran numbers. And that's why I kind of, I never thought about it that way, but it is uniquely normal in the fact that I had parents around, two grandmothers. I'd go to each grandmother's house. You are. It's, you're right. And I was in a small little city, but it was uniquely, you're right. I never thought about that. Well, you're, you're a relationship guy. I always said, 100%. people ask me about Bill Simmons, the, and I always say, Bill's an idea guy. Yes, I think of yes, you. You're right. I think. Maverick's a relationship guy. Well, of course you are. You have an amazing relationships. By the way, that's I never thought about that. The whole thing downstairs, shit. People are doing that upstairs. Your grandma just took it downstairs. <laughs> I mean, exactly, exactly, exactly. It's the same thing. It's just it's, she just took it downstairs. You're right, hundred percent. Maverick, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. Enjoy yourself, and thanks for being the first guest. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. What an honor. Uh, once I see, it'll always be a thing that sticks with me when the volume is so big, I'll have to call to get booked and they'll be like, you got to, Maverick, it's a six month waiting list. I'll be like, at least I know I was the first guest. Good luck to the volume. I know you guys are going to do great. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlanSport.com. That's ProPlanSport.com. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports. And now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more. 
including Panini Instant Cards, celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed our first podcast with Maverick Carter. Sports, entertainment, businessman, wisdom seeker, curious mind, Maverick Carter. Loved it. Uh, I'll be doing three podcasts a week over the course of the next several weeks on Instagram and on this platform. I'm going to introduce you to a lot of really smart, young, energized people. Thanks for following us. Um, You can go to our Twitter account, The Volume Sports. Sign up and uh, we'll just keep updating you. We have what we think is an amazing podcaster is going to join us in the next two weeks. We'll also have a major announcement on March 1st. So stick around. It's going to be fun. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.